Well, I'm going to pray for us real quick because for some reason I'm a little nervous. I don't know why. I know every one of y'all. Uh, y'all know me. I don't know why. I guess it's just because this room's a lot bigger. Something like that. So uh, let's pray together real quick. God, we love you. Uh, God, thank you for this time that you've allowed me to be able to have this opportunity to come and speak, God. Um, God, I pray you would just open my mouth and that you would just let your words flow out. God, uh, don't let uh, the focus be on me and what I say, God, but let the focus be on what you have to show us, God, and the principles uh, that you are to uh, you would have us apply to our life, God, and uh, let us be able to, to see that, take it, and uh, be able to apply it to our lives, God, so that um, we can have that closer walk with you and that closer relationship with you, God. Um, I just pray that you um, take all the distractions away, whatever it may be, God, whether it's phones, uh, uh, just loud noises, whatever it may be, God, I pray you would just take all distractions away so that we can focus on your word um, and that you can speak to us um, and just not let the devil uh, be in here, God. Uh, we love you and we thank you. And then we pray. Amen. All right, so Nelson asked me several, uh, probably a month and a half ago or so, if I wanted to come and speak since he was going to be out. And I said, sure, why not? Um, and so something that I... Um, I love to talk about any time I get a chance that I haven't already told anybody or else I hadn't told you in a while. Um, something that God has laid upon my heart and something that I have um, really found comfort in um, is Philippians 4, 4 through 7, which is where we're going to be tonight. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up uh, there. Uh, and God really, uh, whenever... I wouldn't say whenever I first discovered this verse, because I've known about this verse for all of my life. I hadn't really known where it was or anything like that, but whenever I had a time that um, it could be applied to my life, uh, which it can always be applied to my life, but the time that I needed it the most is whenever <clears throat> it hit me, and from then on out, it has um, been a part. It's been on my heart every day, any time that... Uh, has something going on in my life. This is one, this is one of those key verses that I I'm drawn to because God has proved him faithful um, through uh, His Word, and um, I just love it. It's just an awesome uh, little section of Scripture that has really uh, made an impact on my life. Um, and so, what we're going to be talking tonight is the peace beyond comprehension. Um, Philippians 4, 4, 4 through 7, like I said a minute ago. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it for us. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. And whenever I read this, uh, my mind tends to get drawn to worry. You know, whenever I'm worried about something, this is whenever uh, this uh, passage of Scripture really hits me in the heart really hard. Whenever I got something that I just can't control, that I'm worried about, um, this is what the Holy Spirit lays on my heart. And, you know, I just have that peace um, because I, God's proven faithful, like I said. Um, so worry. How many of us worry about things in our life? I'll be the first one. I'll worry all the time. Uh, things that we worry about. 
uh, work? You know, how am I going to reach this deadline that I've got? How am I going to uh, do this task that I've been asked to do and I've never done it before? Um, bills. Uh, you know, I've got too much month and not enough money. How in the world am I going to pay for bills and groceries and still be able to live? Like, I've had that hit me in so, so many times, uh, and it's not fun. Um, relationships, you know, did I offend that person? Oh, I really don't know. I said something. I'm not really sure. I hope they don't. I hope they don't dislike me now that I said something. I really want this person to like me, uh, and we just worry, you know. I hope I didn't mess up. Uh, and then school. That's a big one for me too. Um, you know, how in the world am I going to have enough time to study? How how am I going to study hard enough and get everything else done so that I can do good in in this class? How I don't even know. I've never written a paper like this before. I don't know what to do. I I am confused. Oh my gosh! And you know, we worry too much of the time. Uh, and God has really shown me lately: the more we worry the more we show that we don't have faith in God like we say we do. Um, and that's one thing that's really hit me hard is, how do you, how do you ha say you have faith in God and truly put your faith in God but yet still worry? And so that's something that's God really laid on my heart. Um, but I'm going to kind of tell you a little personal story about myself and how God really brought this scripture to light in my life and, um, and has really, really kept me joyful, I'm going to say that, um, because it's true. Uh, so, a little less than a year ago, um, I was dating this girl, um, and for some of y'all may know, some of you may not know, in fact, I don't know if any of y'all know, but I am like the opposite of any guy you'll ever meet. Most guys are like hard to commit to a relationship, things like that, and I'm just like, I'm ready to get married. I don't know why. But I'm ready to, I told mom and daddy whenever I went down to New Orleans, I said, I'm going to break out the camo because I'm going on the wife hunt. Um, and so I am like, I don't know why. I really don't know why. I am ready for, I am ready for marriage, I guess, because I have such awesome parents. Um, and you can tell them I said that if you want to. I don't earn me some brownie points. Maybe I'll get some food out of that. Um, since I have such awesome parents and I have a great relationship with my parents, I've always wanted and longed for to have kids of my own, especially now that I'm getting a little older. I know I'm still young, but um, I'm old enough. Mom and Daddy were already married and already close to having one on the way whenever they were my age. Um, and so I am, I'm just like, I want to have that, I want to have that kid of my own, be able to uh, corrupt them, uh, be able to spoil the mess out of them, uh, and just grow this godly human being. Um, that can impact the world, and that's something I long for. Um, and so, but bef before you do that, you got to have the wife, which I'd love to have a wife. Um, not to say that I want the kid more than I do the wife, but I do. I, I, that's something that I've longed for um, ever since I probably graduated high school. That's something I've. Uh, I guess I've been chasing when I shouldn't have been chasing, and sometimes. Um, but I say all that. I was dating this girl. Um, we met at Colian been friends for three or four years now, um, became really good friends, hung out all the time, uh, played music together, we worked together, uh, we just, we formed this awesome relationship, we were uh, same music interests, uh, like the same, she, she likes sports, I'm like, go team, 
Uh, so she likes sports. She liked a lot of the things I liked. I mean, we just clicked on so many levels. Um, and so one day, a little less than a year ago, we just were talking and we said, hey, let's do this thing. I like you. You like me? Check yes or no. And so uh, we, started, we started dating. She lived in Hattiesburg, uh, and I was in New Orleans. And so it was a little tough. We, we were uh, about an hour and a half apart. But every weekend, I was either in Hattiesburg or she was in New Orleans. And we were uh, on the phone all the time. We were Skype dating all the time. Thank goodness for technology. Um, and so, you know, we, we were doing it. We were doing this thing. We were, we were dating, um, and we were falling fast for each other, um, or at least I thought. So we were, we were dating, um, dated for probably three or four months. And in that time, since we had known each other so long, we, uh, I mean, just hit it off. We knew each other's hearts. Uh, you know, we didn't have to take the long, slow, gradual, well, let's get to know each other stage. So things move kind of quick if you were looking and you didn't know that we were already known each other and you were just like, wow, you've been dating three months and you're already that far along. And so uh, we were, I mean, we got gotten to a point to where we were, we were talking about marriage. Um, and uh, I had actually started thinking about, now, how am I going to start saving some money so I can pay for a ring? And I was working part-time and driving 20 minutes a day through New Orleans traffic and burning gas and paying for food. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can do that. But I was trying so hard that I found a way. And I started saving a little bit of money here and there, um, trying to save up for that. So uh, we, you know, this girl was a girl of my dreams. I've been, everything that I could think of, she was it and more. Um, awesome godly uh we we went through bible study together every night uh we we went through romans together on the phone every night which i thought was awesome uh anytime we were together before we before we left each other before i left hattiesburg or she left new orleans we sat down and we prayed together things like that you know just that awesome relationship that I always longed for and i was like hey i found it i am the pirate and i found the treasure i've gotten to the end of the rainbow and there's that pot of gold um, and then one day she ended it and I was just like, what? Uh, and you know, that's not a cool feeling. I'm, you know, everybody in here's probably gone through that. Um, that awkward, horrible feeling of, man, I thought I'd found what I was looking for and it's gone and I can't get, do anything to get it back. Um, and so I was, I remember to this day I was sitting, uh, in, in our work shed at seminary, sitting in a golf cart whenever I got off the phone with her. And, I mean, I was heartbroken. I didn't know what to do. Only thing I knew to do was just to pray. Uh, so I just started praying, 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 all day long, riding around on the golf cart at work, praying. Called up some buddies that when I would get off for lunch. I said, hey, man, I can't take, talk long, but I just need you to pray for me. This is what's happened. So I probably called 15, 15 of my really close buddies and then the guys that I looked up to spiritually. I called them up and I said, hey, I need you to pray for me. This has happened. Um, and in no time, within a couple hours, my mindset went from, okay, how in the world am I going to get this girl back to, God, I really don't care about how I'm going to get her back. I know that you're God, you're in control. 
you know, you're either going to bring her back to me or you're going to bring somebody that's even better. And so, you know, I was just all like, hey, bring on the next one. And it was it was kind of awkward because I was like, man, I'm madly in love with this girl, but I'm but I'm also saying, hey, if she's not it, there's somebody even better. Bring her on. And so I was like, oh, kind of confused. Uh, but uh, the next day, uh, we had a guy's Bible study at church, and it was about uh, six of us. It was a real small group out of a huge church, and so it was really intimate. And we got together, and I and I kind of explain to him what had happened and everything and I just asked for prayers and we prayed and then our uh, the youth minister that's at that church uh, actually had planned to talk to us about Philippians 4, 4 through 7 and I thought like whenever as soon as we read it I was like wow this is God all day long uh, and so we went through it um, and through it saying do not worry. Rejoice in the Lord always, but do not be anxious about anything. But through prayer and petitioning to God, He's going to give you peace. And so, for the next two weeks, uh, not even two weeks, it was like three months. I don't even know how long it was. But it was, it, I mean, just immediately, I started putting into practice what this scripture was saying. We're going to walk through it a little bit in a minute. Um, but I started putting into practice what this scripture was saying. And God gave me a peace that I couldn't explain. Then uh, every day I would go out to Lake Pontchartrain and sit on these big hunks of concrete that they have the shoreline uh, full of to keep it from washing away. And I'm sitting on these big boulders out with the water crashing on my feet in the middle of the summer, uh, praying, reading scripture, uh, singing at times, just by myself. And just crying out to God and pleading with God and asking for his peace. And he gave it to me. And I was like, what? This is, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, I've, things have happened in my life where, yes, I've definitely seen God work. No, I'm not saying that this is the first time I've ever seen God work. But this is the first time I've seen God move in a way as big as he did in, down deep personally in my life. Not with outside surrounding stuff, but in my heart he dealt with my heart uh harder than any time i've ever felt um and you know two or three days later after this whole bad breakup boohoo snot slobber crying moments have happened um people are walking up to me at church some of the guys that not knew what was going on and asked me hey hey man how are you how are you doing uh are, are you doing okay I'm, like, I'm doing good i'm doing great and I'm like, i don't know how to explain it the only way i know how to explain it is god He's giving me this peace. But that's it. I don't know any other way. And so, uh, you know, from there, it just got easier and easier and easier every day where I kept saying, God, you know, just give me this peace. Um, you know, this is this is where my heart's at. And I just want you to, to relieve my heart because it's killing me. And every day, it got easier and easier and easier and easier and easier. And when people ask me, they look at me, they're like, how are you saying you're doing good whenever the girl you were talking about marrying just dumped you? I'm like, my God's greater than she is, I guess. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of. And so, um, you know, it, it really impacted me uh, in a tremendous way. But the cool thing was my mindset did a 180 whenever I turned it over to God. Um, and 
you know, that's never happened like that before um, and been so evident. Um, so I tell you all this to tell you, don't worry. It's going to be okay. Give it up to God, and um, he's going to give you peace. So let's look a little bit at uh, what Scripture says about how we can overcome the disease of worry. Uh, the first thing, rejoice in the Lord, um, is what verse 4 says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Um, rejoice. Rejoice in what? You know, rejoice in the Lord. What does that mean? Rejoice in your salvation. You know, what what is so big that we should worry about it whenever we have the greatest gift ever to possibly be given to us and we don't have to worry about the most important thing in our life we don't have to worry about our eternal salvation but rejoice in the fact that you have it and rejoice in the fact that you will one day spend eternity with God and in God's presence and see in his face uh, rejoice in the fact that you were once an enemy of God you were once alienated from God but now you have that one on one relationship with him through what Jesus did and dying on the cross for us. Rejoice in the fact that you can have this peace from God and don't have to go throughout life looking for things to fulfill your uh, spiritual needs. And uh, But just rejoice in the fact that you have that relationship with God. And that's, that's something that we all too often forget to do. We're like, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, okay, you're a Christian? Cool, and I am too. I mean... Shit. Somebody gives you a brand new car. What are you going to do? You're going to ride it to everybody you know? Say, check out this brand new car I just got. Somebody gave this thing to me. And I don't know why they gave it to me, but they did. But, and we show this excitement that we get, that when we get something so small, so materialistic, and whenever we have that salvation, all too often we're just like, we forget about it. You know, oh, that's right. Jesus died for me. I'm a Christian. Oh, thanks, God. Thank, thank you for, thank you for saving my soul. Hey, and I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of that myself. I am so guilty of that. I go throughout day to day, and see stuff going on, and I just don't even think about it. And but I think that's one of our major uh, downfalls is that we don't rejoice in God, rejoice in the Lord always, um, through good times and bad. Rejoice in the fact that you are saved and that you will get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. That's the first way that we can overcome worry. If we got something that's worrying us and then we begin to start thinking about, man, I was destined for hell and now I get to go to heaven. How can you be upset and sad whenever you're thinking about that? You know, it's just kind of hard to be upset whenever you got the, the best thing that's ever happened in your life on your mind. And... Uh, so, that, I mean, just rejoice in the Lord always. Whatever you're doing, if you're out in the yard, rejoice in the fact that you're, that you're saved. Whatever, I mean, if you're riding in your car, you know, man, how awesome is it that I'm saved, that I, that I have that relationship with Jesus? Uh, number two, don't be anxious. Uh, it says, be anxious about nothing. So, what, what, is, what is being anxious? What is anxiety? Kind of going back to what I said a minute ago. It's like, it's worry. You know, don't worry about anything. And worry, whenever we worry, we're showing how 
much how little of faith we have in in God and what He can do for us and He can provide for us. We're we're such a we're a culture and a uh, a species that we like to get the job done ourselves. You know, Daddy raised me. Hey, if you see something, if you do something wrong, and something's broke, you go fix it. If you can, if you can't fix it, come get me and we'll fix it together. Um, you know, so whenever whenever things happen in our life, the, our first instinct is to say, "What can I, what can I do to fix this? How can how can I make this better? Uh, how can I?" change this scenario to where I'm not hurt and I'm actually coming out on the good. How can I do that? And so but we're so prideful that whenever it comes to asking for somebody's help, we're like, man I don't want to ask for somebody's help. I know um, in this very way um, about a month ago um, I was heading down to school uh out while I was going to Macomb to meet up with the guys that I ride with to school. So I'm riding and I see my gas my gas uh, needle is low. And I'm like, maybe maybe I can make it back to the house on this much. Because I don't have to drive all the way today. And so I'm just praying. I was like, God, just get me back home. And so I'm riding. I hit the Macomb exit. As soon as I turn off the interstate, my gas light comes on. And I said, oh, great. This is awesome. I'm out of gas. But the thing, the, the crazy thing is... I had checked my checking account the night before, and I had no money in my checking account either. And so I'm in Macomb, my gas light comes on, my bank account is on zero, and I got to get back home somehow. And so, man, that I didn't say a word the whole way down to the guys that I was riding with, knowing that they would, they would fill up my gas tank, much less give me ten dollars to get back home, and. Yet I'm sitting there in the back seat worrying my life away. I'm just like, man, how the heck am I going to get back home? I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my gosh, God, just provide for me in some way or another. You know my situation. I just got to get back home and be able to make it work a miracle. I get to school. It's like probably about 930. We just got out of one of our classes. I'm sitting downstairs, and one of my buddy walks up to me. And he says, hey, man, how's it going? I said, man, I'm, I'm doing all right. I said, kind of having a stressful morning, but I'm doing all right. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm breathing. I'm living and I'm breathing. I'm doing all right. And he, he said, well, he said, I don't know why, but I feel led to give you this. And he handed me $15. And I was like, why are you giving me this? And he said, he said I just feel like i got to give it to you. I said, well, man, you don't understand how much you just helped me out. And I told him, I said, I just got off the interstate. My e-light's on. Uh, I'm out of gas. I'm out of money. And I was wondering, actually, how I was going to get back home. And he said, well, obviously it's God telling me, hey, you got to give him this. And from then, like, just, I was so prideful that I didn't even want to ask my buddies that I was riding with for $5 to get back to Western Mississippi from Macomb. I was so prideful that I was going to stress myself to death all day and try to worry about this thing. And then when I get back to Macomb, I'll say, all right, now how am I going to do this? <laughs> then ask them for it rather than having peace about it all day and saying, hey, guys, can I borrow five bucks to get back home? You know, I was so prideful that I wanted to try to figure out the situation and try to figure out what I could do uh, rather than to say, hey, man, I need some help. And so it's tough. Uh, John MacArthur wrote, um, 
Fret and worry indicate a lack of trust in God's wisdom, sovereignty, and power. Delighting in the Lord and meditating on His Word are the greatest antidotes to anxiety. Um, and, you know, he hit it nail on the head. Fret and worry indicate the lack of trust in God's wisdom, sovereignty, and power. God knows what's going on. He knows what's in our life. He's sovereign. He has his finger in every situation. He has, you know, there's nothing that goes on that God isn't a part of. He's sovereign over everything. And he has the power to change any situation. But yet, we worry about things. We say, no, God, I got this. I'm going to do this on my own. Uh, I don't want to bother you, you know. Just let me figure this out, and I'll feel good about myself, rather than saying, God, I'm broken. (laughs) I got nothing. I need your help. I need it so that I can survive. Um, You know, even in the small things, why why do we kill ourselves to to try to fix things whenever we can just say, God, I need your help? You know, he's the... uh, Scripture says, uh, uh, even the birds of the air don't worry about food and don't store up, but the Lord provides for them on a daily basis. How much more precious are you to me than they are? And so, even even the birds of the air have their needs met for them. God's not going to let us go without. Um, he's going to provide for us if we're seeking Him and we're following Him. Um, and far too often we worry, unfortunately. Uh, the next thing is pray. It says, um, But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Uh, the NIV says, Through prayer and petition. And, you know, what's, what's petition? It's, uh, it's a, a humble request to a, to a figure of authority with your desire. Whenever people get to petitions together, they have something that they're working towards. If, say if somebody's taking a petition to the government, they have to, they have a, a goal that they're working towards. They have something that's on their heart, and they're trying to get people to support them. And they're coming to the government saying, "Look, we're trying to do this. Help us out. We realize we can't do it without you. Help us out, and let our goal be met." And they do it with an an act of humbleness. And Whenever we come to God, we can't be like, God, you better, you better provide for me this. You know, it's, it's an act of humbleness. We gotta, when we pray to God, we, we pray with a humble heart because we are nowhere near uh, as mighty as God is, not even close. And yet far too often, sometimes the way we, we get fired up and we get angry and we're, we're, we're confused about things, we... It tends to affect our attitude towards God. God, why did you let this happen to me? God, why did you do this to me? Why are you letting me go through this situation, God? God, fix this. Rather than saying, God, I understand that I can't do this without you. But this is what I need. So God, I'm humbly coming to you and I pray that you will help see me through this. Because I can't do this on my own. And do it with an act of thanksgiving. It says, uh, and with thanksgiving, you know... Thank God for what He's done for you because He's given you so much already. 
that he doesn't have to give us anything else, but he loves us so much that he does. So shouldn't we be thankful that he does? You know, God's provided for you all your life, and my life too. And yet, far too often we we tend to look over the fact that he's done so, and we don't thank him for that. And, you know, would you keep blessing somebody if you bless them over and over and over and over and over and they never thank you for it? You'd eventually say, well, obviously they don't care if I'm blessing them or not. I don't care. They obviously don't care that I'm helping them out when they're in a time of need. Um, so let's see if they, if they notice whenever I don't give them what they need whenever they need it. And, you know, thank God he doesn't do that to us because I know me and myself personally. I think I will get blessed, and I'll notice that you know God bless me. But I don't I don't ever approach Him with that thanks that thankful heart and saying God, thank you for what you did for me. God, I was broken and I was needy, and you provided, and I just thank you for that. Far too often, it doesn't even cross our minds. Um, and then it follows up, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I came to that point whenever I went through my little situation with that bad breakup. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. You know, that just doesn't even make sense to me, obviously, because it surpasses my understanding. Uh, people would ask me, you know, how are you so happy whenever you just got dumped by that girl of your dreams? I said, it's God. That's the only thing I can say. I racked my brain. I sat out on that uh, shore of Lake Pontchartrain for hours trying to figure out how in the world am I not miserable right now I've had girls that I've dated for three weeks that have broken my heart more than my heart's broken right now and I don't even understand how I'm eating food right now much less walking around with a smile on my face and people will ask me how are you how are you so happy how are you not depressed right now I'm glad that you're not but how are you not and I said honestly I can't even understand it you know, any other time, I'd be depressed. I'd be wanting to stay in bed all day. But right now, God is just giving me peace. That's the only thing I can think of. God is giving me this peace. And it all wraps back around to the fact that I realize I'm a child of God. And I was once an enemy of God. And I was once alienated from God. But now, I have that relationship with Him and I can call to Him. The peace of God, the peace that you get whenever you are able to communicate with God... The peace that you get whenever you say, God, I am broken. Give me peace. Help me with this situation. And he does. If you're alienated from God and you don't have that connection with him, that relationship with him, he can't give you that peace because he's nowhere around. Um, and just so, the fact that God can provide for us in ways that we can't, can't even comprehend it's ridiculous to think about um, because every day we'll say okay well I understand God's giving me this peace um, and now I can see how it's working out you know I see how I can have peace about this but whenever we have those times where we're just like I honestly don't even know where this is coming from you know everything is so stressful for me still how do I have peace about it whenever my finances are turned upside down I have to pay. I have to go buy groceries, and I have twenty-five dollars, and I have a house of five. How in the world am I going to buy groceries with this? Uh, but yet, you still walk in with a smile on your face. How am I going to walk in there 
Uh, how am I how am I going to pass this class whenever my grades are horrible already and I'm halfway through the semester? How am I going to pass this class and yet still do it with a smile on my face? You know, there's only one way that this can happen, and that's God. God gives you that peace. When you offer it up to God, He gives you that peace. But we see that we have to come to Him with a thankful heart and pray to Him and offer up a humble request to Him. Rejoice in Him. Without that, He can't can't give you that peace. Yes, God knows everything. God knows your heart before... Uh, before you even fully know it. God knows what you need before you even know it. He said He knew you before you even entered the womb. God doesn't need us to tell Him what we need. But does it please His heart whenever He does? Absolutely. Whenever He sees that we need Him so much and that we um, truly want that peace from Him, that we come to Him with it, Think of that smile that comes on his face whenever he just thinks, man, my child was in need, and they didn't just assume I was going to take care of it. They came to me and broken, and they said, Dad, I need help. And he says, I'm going to give you that peace, and I'm going to provide for you in any way that you need. Um, and maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you have something uh, going on in your life. Maybe you're Maybe you're broken. Maybe you have some stressful times going on in your household. Maybe you have too much month and not enough money. Maybe, um, you know, your family's out of order and you don't know what to do about it. You could be just broken in one way or another, in need. You know, how am I even going to feed my family this month? We have no food. Uh, how, how am I going to get this deadline met how am I going to be able to perform my job at work without losing it you know how am I going to be able to do that God I don't, I don't know how what, what went wrong in this relationship my marriage I don't know what went wrong God but whenever you give that to him and you say God God I'm letting go like brother Nelson said a couple weeks ago Carson was trying to open the door in the office and it was too heavy for him to open and all he had to do is let go and let Nelson grab the knob and open it for him. But uh, Carson wanted to hold onto the knob and help Nelson open the door. But all he had to do was just let go and say, you know what, Dad, open it for me. And it's the same thing with us. Whenever we try to do things, we are imperfect. And when we try to fix things, we're going to fix it in an imperfect way. But whenever we just say, you know what, God, I'm letting go. You got the doorknob of my life. You know, everything's upside down in my life. I've just given it to you. I'm broken. I need help. And I can't do this on my own. I just need you to come in and help fix my life. Get over your pride and just ask for help. And he's going to give you that peace and he's going to provide for you. And there's, it's going to be in such a way that you can't even understand it. But maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you need to respond tonight. Uh, the altar is going to be open. If you need to come pray, if you need to offer that up to God and say, you know what, God, I'm broken. I need help. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own because it's not working. I need your help. Come help me in whatever way it's going to be and give me this peace. I need you more than you can understand.
If that's you, the altar's open. Uh, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. But if that's you, come on, the altar's open. Uh, come let God know how much his child needs him. I'm going to pray for us real quick. God, we love you and we thank you. God, let, it, let us overcome the pride in our life. And let us see that we can do nothing without you. And that it's only through your peace that you give us that we will be able to continue on, God. God, let us come to you uh, daily rejoicing in the fact that we are alive in you. And that we don't have to worry about anything because of you. And the peace that you give us, God. God, let us come to you with humble hearts, God. Because we are so much less than you are. Let let us have that humble heart. And just petition to you, God. Let us offer that request to you. With the thankful heart of what you've already given us, God. God, just... In every situation in life, let this be our heart. Let this be our mindset. That we say, you know what, God? I'm just going to let go and I'm going to let you open the doors because I can't open them on my own. I'm not even going to try. So, God, let us have that humble heart and let us uh, just come to you with everything that we need. In your name we pray. Amen.